0: We could have another Supreme Court nomination fight. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about Ukraine because I've been putting that off for a while. And what is Joe Biden doing during all these emergencies? This is Gene and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, I took yesterday off and I really didn't take yesterday off. You all know that I'm working on my book. And I'm on the last stages of the book. I'm editing it. And editing it takes time. But the problem is it's it doesn't take that much time per chapter. But what I do is I spend each day on several chapters a day. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut this podcast down to three times a week, which is not great because there's a ton of stuff going on right now. And, uh, a lot of it's stupid. Like Fridays is just going to be, unless something bizarre happens, like, I don't know, the world ends and meteors coming or something bizarre like that. I'm going to talk about some of the stupid things that I wanted to talk about today. But unfortunately, there are some things that I wanted to talk about outside of, um, the stupid things, the fun things, the culture things. I, but so let's get to it. Uh, so you know, what's going on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, it's not like people, a lot of people are going to be missing it. I The people that I know listen to it, when they talk to me, they tell me that, oh, hey, um, uh, yeah, I, I got I got 18 episodes to catch up. Well, I keep telling people, don't catch up. Just, you know, listen to the latest because it's all about the news and I'm going to talk about things that you're just going to forget about. So, okay, so let's go to this. Um, this is brand new today. This just... Came out. According to Fox News, Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer is retiring, Fox News confirmed, setting President Biden up with the first opportunity to fill a vacancy on the high court. A source close to Breyer told Fox News that the justice will step down at the end of the current Supreme Court term early this summer. This is not a shock that Breyer's retiring. The guy's 83 years old. And the left has been bitching and moaning that he, they want him to retire so, they, so that Biden could pick a leftist judge like Sotomayor and Kagan that is like 40 and that that person can be on the Supreme Court for the next 40 years or so. So I, I don't think this is a huge surprise. This is a big deal for Joe Biden. This is his legacy. He finally has something that he will be remembered of for 40 years after his death. I mean, he's got the chance to to put someone out there. Now, here's the thing that's not going to help, um, at, at least in the near term, not going to help Biden's legacy, is this does not change the makeup of the court. Okay. Um, Breyer, who was a very liberal judge appointed by Bill Clinton, is going to be replaced by another liberal, le- dare I say, a leftist judge. So this is not going to be a huge thing. One of the things that Biden's going to do, which is going to put his, which the media is going to make as a legacy, is that he's going to appoint a black woman, because that's what he said he was going to do. That's a great idea, by the way, because we've seen how much success he had for the last black woman he appointed, specifically the vice president. But here are some questions I'm going to have. Was Breyer forced out? We don't know. I would say, honestly, probably not. Uh, Breyer is 83 years old. He is, but he's very sharp and he's very outgoing and he's very personable. And he's written a lot of the um, dissents and assents. So he's not like Biden, who is basically a drooling Bush right now. He's very sharp. Uh, a lot of people are saying that he could have been in there for another 5, 10 years. He's that sharp. And I, I believe that. I mean, even Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she looked like she was just a drooling mess and she needed to leave. This guy doesn't look like this. The other question is going to be, who's the pick? Now, Fox News and, and CNN and MSNBC have already listed a lot of very qualified black women could be uh, Supreme Court justices, and they're all moderately young. So I think he's going to go for there, for that. Kamala Harris is the first name that came up right off the bat. Yeah, I don't think Kamala Harris is going to be vice president. He's going to be a Supreme Court justice. I'll give you a step further. I don't think Kamala Harris would even pass the process to become vice president. To, get, to become a Supreme Court justice. Sorry, she's just terrible. So that's not going to happen. Now, we know this this next candidate, and we don't know this, but let's assume it is going to be a leftist and is going to be pretty extreme. She's going to be like Sotomayor or Kagan, who are leftists and extreme, hate the Constitution. But here's the question, during an election year, how hard should Republicans actually fight to prevent this nominee? This is one thing I, I, I really I really believe in pick your battles. Is this a battle? Because here's the reality. The person they're gonna there, there's gonna be someone, are you gonna keep a Supreme Court justice? Are you going to keep the Supreme Court down to eight justices for the next two years until your president comes online? It can happen. Constitutionally, it's okay. But is this really a fight? Here's something that I I, I totally agree with. You know what? Maybe this isn't the war you go to. Maybe this isn't the battle you lay your life on. And maybe you just sit there and say, okay, okay unless she's extremely left wing, this is not someone this is not a battle to fight. If she's extremely left-wing, yes you fight this battle. If this person sits there and says, yeah the Constitution's crap, it's living, we can change it blah 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 without an amendment process, yeah then you you fight against her. But we already know that presidents typically pick candidates, that are not do not have a lot of uh, paperwork behind them, do not have a lot of uh, decisions, do not have a lot of opinions. So you could know this person is a lefty, but not necessarily sit back and when you ask them a question about some of their lefty policies, they they don't answer it, and maybe they don't have enough paperwork behind them to prove anything. Could we see, in other words, could we see an Amy uh, Coney Barrett or Merrick Garland fight somehow? I don't know. I don't know if you can see that. So it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see what Congress does. Now, right now, they've got a 50-50 split, 51-50 when it comes to Dem for the Democrats with Kamala Harris in the Senate, um, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema are still wild cards. We'll have to see. All of this stuff, by the way, is just projection because the reality is we don't even know who he's picked yet. The reality is uh, Stephen Breyer hasn't even said, I'm, I'm resigning. And the reality is. If Stephen Breyer resides in the early summer, getting pretty close to the elections, we don't know what people are thinking here. I'm just not sure that a big fight is going to be the thing. And here's the other thing. I, I hate to say this, but, you know, I don't think Republicans should be Democrats that throw hissy fits over Neil Gorsuch and Amy Coney Barrett and and. Matt Cavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh. excuse me. I don't think we should throw fits. They're qualified to be a Supreme Court member. They're not extreme. Maybe we should just back off, give him his victory, because this is a victory, albeit a very small one, and move on and go fight on the other areas. And this isn't going to change the Supreme Court yet. Yet. It could if we have a Democratic president in 2024 and then you've got Alito and Clarence Thomas decide to retire, then you've got a problem. But in the short term, this is not that big of a deal. And then this brings up the other thing. How how moderate is Joe Biden going to be? Of that list that they released on Fox News and CNN, one of the people is a California appellate court judge who's actually pretty moderate. She's a black woman. She's young. She's like 43 and she's very moderate. I mean, is he going to elect her or is he going to elect Kamala Harris, the far leftist? We'll have to see what the pick's going to happen. All I know is this is going to be fun. It's going to be fun because it's going to be close to the elections and i but I, I can guarantee you one thing you're not going to see a lot of republicans running around in in uh, that that in those weird costumes screaming trying to break into the supreme court that's not going to happen but maybe it will i don't know we'll see they keep talking about january 6th maybe we'll do it again i don't know this could be fun in 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 uh august september when Joe Biden is in a real rush to get his next Supreme Court, his first Supreme Court pick confirmed. We'll have to see. Okay, so I promised I'd talk about Ukraine, because in reality, it's a little bit important, because we could be looking at a World War III scenario, especially since Russia has teamed up with Iran and China in military drills. Maybe we should take this as a crystal ball moment and see what could happen in the future with these other countries, especially when we're looking at China and uh, 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 Taiwan. I mean, China's already taken over Hong Kong. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But let's go over what's happening between Russia and Ukraine. All right, currently Russia has about 100,000 troops on the Ukrainian border, um, and they've assessed that Russia has the logistical support to bring that total up to 175,000 Russian troops. There are also 30,000 illegal fighters, Ukrainian fighters, in Crimea, that will ultimately lead to support for those Russian troops. So these are rebel fighters that don't like the Ukrainian government right off the bat. So you're looking at over 200,000 troops. Russia has moved an additional five battalions of tactical groups into the border near uh, Los, Okay, I got to read this stuff. Uh, Luhansk and Donetsk including 5,000 soldiers sent to reinforce, reinforce another 12,000 that are stationed permanently at the Ukrainian border. So that's like us dumping another 5,000 troops on the border between South Korea and North Korea. That's what they're doing. So they're, they already have border patrols there. Um, Joe Biden, whose weakness created all this crap right off the bat, uh, has put 8,500 troops on standby and he's prepared to unleash these troops to surrounding countries around Ukraine. He's not yet willing to dump 8,500 troops into Ukraine to fight against Russia. We'll get to that. I I, I think this is... Wow. Okay, the United States has been sending lethal aid to Ukraine. That goes with anti-tank missiles and weaponry and things like that. I think that's a good thing. That's what we should be doing. NATO is getting into this party too. Denmark is sending a frigate and deploying F-16 warplanes to Lithuania. Spain is sending four fighter jets to Bulgaria and three ships to the Black Sea to join the NATO forces. France stands ready to send troops to Romania. The Netherlands also plans to send two F-35 fighter aircraft to Bulgaria. Now, there are a couple of things I want you to notice here. Do you notice we have sent more military to... Ukraine than anybody else in NATO is sending to Ukraine and by the way none of them are sending anything to Ukraine that's the second thing I want you to notice they are sending all this aid to the satellite countries around Ukraine in other words they're preventing Vladimir Putin from attacking any other any other country outside of Ukraine This is a big deal. This is important to understand with how things are working here. NATO has taken control of a U.S. aircraft carrier group. And the reason they did this was for some, uh, quote, pre-planned military exercises. So right off the bat, and of course the media is sitting back, oh, that's just a coincidence. Yeah, I'm not so sure that's a coincidence. NATO doesn't want Russia doing what they're doing. Okay, they don't. But NATO is more worried about NATO's more worried about countries surrounding. They're worried about actually containing this problem. Ukraine, F Ukraine. No one cares about Ukraine. But they want to protect all of the countries around Ukraine right now. The UK is the only country that suspect and says that they may send support to Ukraine directly. But then again, they changed their tone and they said, well, we might send it to Ukrainian allies. In other words, they're not really sure they want to send anybody to Ukraine also. Uh, the UK hasn't made any decisions on that. By the way, that's how world wars start. Okay. Now, before we start panicking, um, relax. I don't think we're going to World War Three. I really don't think it's going to escalate to that over such a small country. But the reality is, it has happened before. And we're going to get to that in just a second. But before we do, let's look at what <laughs> is probably going to happen. Not even, We're not even thinking this is going to be a possibility. Uh, in a show of strength and effort to build up confidence... Of the Ukrainian people and the government, and to make the United States feel better that Americans are the first thing on Joe Biden's mind, Joe Biden has decided to evacuate Ukraine. The State Department has ordered that Americans must make plans right now through commercial airlines or via ground. To leave the Ukraine now, the embassy will remain open to process paperwork right now, but eventually, if tensions rise, the embassy will ri- will be evacuated. Does any of this sound familiar? Could we see another Afghanistan? Well, the question's got to be okay. Now we 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 effed up Afghanistan, okay. So, do we actually have a plan to get people, get Americans out of the Ukraine? Well, Jen Psaki was answered this question and asked this question, and her answer was less than satisfactory. Let's listen.
1: If Americans are still in Ukraine and things start happening with Russia, are they pretty much on their own? Well, we are conveying very clearly now that now is the time to leave and that there are means to do that. Of course, there's commercial airlines. You can depart over land. There's obviously the embassy there to provide assistance. And this is very similar to what we did in Ethiopia, Kazakhstan, and many other countries over the course of the last several decades. Uh, But there is not an intention or a plan for any military evacuation.
0: Notice Jen didn't say anything about Afghanistan. I thought that was a successful uh, evacuation retreat is what I like to call it. She never mentioned them. She mentioned our evacuation of countries that, um, hello, Biden wasn't president, didn't screw up their evacuation. I, I, you feeling the confidence? Hey, do me a favor. Just remember that statement. They have no plan. That's what she's saying. No, we don't have any plan. Because I guarantee you, if this thing goes south, just like Afghanistan, she'll say, this went perfectly. This went exactly. We thought of all of the details. That crap is going to be pushed on you later on. And the reality is that, no, they didn't have a plan. They didn't have a plan with Afghanistan, and we were in no hurry to leave. Do you think the U.S. government has a plan with Ukraine when we're actually being forced to leave? Interesting. Interesting. You just listen. You remember that statement. You remember this podcast. Mark it down, number 479, and we'll talk about this, I guarantee you, in six months. So, here's the story. This is what I think. The I and, and how I'm going to start this is by saying, how did this whole freaking thing happen? How did Russia get so emboldened to do any of this stuff, to threaten another country? Why didn't Russia do this four years ago or six years ago? Well, the first reason is Biden became president and showed nothing but weakness. Afghanistan pullout was a disaster. We lost men and Biden did nothing about it. He has been blowing Iran for the last year to get back into that crappy nuclear deal, even though Iran already has a nuclear weapon. We can pretty much say that Iran has a nuclear weapon. I told you that back in September, they were only weeks from a nuclear weapon. Not necessarily a a nuclear missile, but a nuclear weapon, a dirty bomb, something like that. We emboldened Russia by allowing them to build the Nord Stream pipeline. We basically gave them cash. Now, we're going to talk about that in a second, too, because that's not that big of a deal. But it is a big deal because not only does it bring income into Russia, but it also supports Europe, which are supposed to be against Russia's aggressions. It brings oil into Europe. One of the reasons Germany is not really going for any fight against Russia on the attack of Ukraine it's just Germany is getting most of their oil from the Soviet, from Russia. I almost said the Soviet Union. We'll get to that. Biden has been ignoring China's threats to Taiwan. That may seem like, okay, why, what does that have to do with Russia? Because Russia already knows. Taiwan is extremely important to us. Because a lot of our processors... A lot of our computer chips are coming out of Taiwan. Here's the deal. A year ago, computer chips, we had a back, we had, we had a reserve of computer chips in this country that was 41 days, which means they could make, if computer chip manufacturing stopped, we had 41 days to create all the computers and all the crap we wanted. It's down to five days right now. Most of our computer chips come from Taiwan. This is a threat to our country. And our country has done nothing about it. Especially, Well, Trump did. As much as people say Trump didn't threaten... No, Trump did threaten China. Biden reversed all of Trump's policies to China. And now China is threatening Taiwan, where we get most of our computer chips... And now we're looking at a glut of computer chips and not a glut, excuse me. We're looking at a shortage of computer chips in the United States. Biden's ignoring it. When Biden was vice president, by the way, the Obama administration showed no support for Ukraine at all. They only sent them blankets when Russia invaded Crimea. Why would Russia worry about Kiev? the capital of Ukraine. Biden didn't show any worry about Russia attacking Crimea. They don't think the United States is going to worry about attacking Kiev. But it wasn't just Biden that did this. Let's be very clear. The United States, over the last, I'd say since Bush, showed weakness to other events in the world. We did nothing when China took over Hong Kong. And that conflict dealt with Obama and Trump. No one did anything about it. You got country, you got Malaysia, Japan, sitting back and trying to figure out how Australia, how to defend themselves against China. Because the United States did nothing. We sent Ukraine blankets for Christ's freaking sake. No one cared about Ukraine. And it's beginning to show to our, quote, allies, end quote. And they realize we have to defend ourselves. We can't depend on the United States. And by the way, where were the preemptive measures against this? I mean, in South Korea, we have preventive measures against North Korea, we have people at the border. In Germany, we have preemptive measures against the Russians. We have troops there. There was no preemptive measures in Ukraine. Those preemptive measures, by the way, don't just mean they don't just mean military, economic. What did we do to improve Ukraine that didn't fill the pockets of Joe Joe and uh, Joe and Hunter Biden? There were none. The big reason Russia wants to control Ukraine is because they want to create those satellite countries that the Soviet Union created throughout the 20th century. Because the Soviet Union has a fear of being invaded. Let's not forget a couple of things. Russia has a history of being at war on their homeland. We forget this because the United States has never had a war against a foreign power on our homeland. Alexander Sholzitskin made this very clear in the Gulag Archipelago. In fact, Sholzitzkin believed that half the reason there were gulags in the Soviet Union was because of civil and foreign wars fought on their homeland. This was also a theme for Tolstoy and Dostoevsky. All you have to do is read some of the Russian literature to realize that the Russians are always afraid of this crap. And guess what? The Ukrainians have had war in their homeland. Crimea. Let's just say the Russians came over and took over the Northeast by physical force. How would we feel? How would we sit back and say, we're not going to handle this? We're going to deal with this now. We'd want to attack too. We'd want to create satellite countries too. We'd take over Canada just to limit what freaking Russia is doing in the northeast of the United States. And finally, let's be very clear. Vladimir Putin was a KGB director during the Soviet era. He was a high-level ranking member of the Soviet Politburo. He may embrace a lot of the Soviet philosophies. Listen, I think we're screaming a lot, and this is where I come to where I think. We're screaming a lot about World War Three, and I think that's all hyperbole. I think we're exaggerating this. It could happen. It's very possible it could happen. But world wars have been started by relatively small events. World War II, but World War II was started because of an invasion. And in, I believe it was Poland. But it would not be in the best interest for Russia to actually invade directly. And there are lots of reasons why. So let's talk about those reasons. The economy is excruciatingly weak. The inflation rate in Russia is 8%. Now, and it's been like that for years. Our highest inflation rate, and people are bitching about it, is 7%. The GDP in the United States is seven times higher than it is in the Soviet, in Russia. It's six times higher than it is in China. And China is struggling. The main export for Russia is oil, which is about 65% of their imports. Oil is too, priced way too low right now. So they don't have a lot of income. Here's the big problem. What's going to happen when it's at $100 a barrel? Suddenly they're getting quite a bit of income. The reality is Russia has the economy of Italy. They can't afford a long drawn out war. They can't. They just can't afford it. And protect other areas of their country. Which they're really worried about. Though... They would win a war in Ukraine. That war is going to be bloody and expensive, and that's because the Russians aren't just going to roll over. The Ukrainians know how to fight. They fight fought with the Soviet Union. They're teaching kids how to fight right now. They want to protect their own country. They've been through wars before. They have heavy weapons from the United States and other countries. The Ukrainians are not shooting slingshots at the Soviets. The Ukrainians understand guerrilla warfare. And they're prepared to go into guerrilla warfare for all this. Let's remember, the last Russian war was fought in Afghanistan and they got their asses kicked by a bunch of 8th century barbarians that literally had were fighting them with guns, small weapons. The goal of the Russians here, this is my opinion now, is to scare the crap out of the Ukrainian people enough that they install a Russia-friendly government. And by the way, it's not just me that says that. The United States is saying that. Germany is saying that. Most of the England is saying that. This seems to be an important thing for them is to take over without a bullet being fired. And by the way, this isn't like it hasn't been done recently. China took over Hong Kong without one bullet being fired. And they did this by simply going in, in the last 30 years and making sure that the government of Hong Kong was pro-China. china that's what they want to do with Taiwan, by the way. They don't want an invasion of Taiwan. Taiwan's going to fight them back. And because of the economic interests to the West in Taiwan, the West may want to go in there and kind of help them out. Even Joe Biden might even help them out. That's not it. If anything, I think this will be a minor incursion. Enough to scare the people in putting the government in put in having the Ukrainian people put pro-russian people because the, Ukraine does not have any friends they're alone they're alone they just want peace they don't want another war and if that means they have to have a pro-russian government they may do that because they can't win and they know it now, I do want to point out an irony here. There seems to be a kind of push to protect Ukraine, even to the point of sending American troops to to a corrupt, landlocked country that really provides no benefit to the United States. By the way, there's a reason the Ukraine is not NATO. They're a corrupt country. They've been... They have been... Touted as the most corrupt country in the world. But the Biden administration is really pushing to send troops over there. And you got to wonder why. Here's Jonathan Finer, Biden's White House Deputy National Security Advisor, telling us why we need to protect Ukraine. And I don't think this interview was something he probably should have had, or at least not told the truth about it. Listen. Why should Americans care about what's happening in Ukraine? Uh, Because it it goes to a very fundamental principle of
1: of all nations, which is that our borders uh, should be inviolate, that our sovereignty uh, should be
0: respected. You can't make this stuff up. Just an FYI. Um... There were 179,000 arrests of illegal aliens at the southern border in December of 2021. That was last month. Let me give you some context on that number. That is more than 2018 through 2020, December 2018 through 2020 combined. There were more arrests. And Fox News has determined that people are being secretly released into the country, and not families, single men. And these people are being released into red states like Georgia, Texas, and Florida. Huh. Gee, I wonder why. Could it be when these people become citizens, they'll vote Democrat? I don't know. You tell me. I don't want to hear from this administration about the sanctity of anyone else's borders when a president is pissing on our own border. No one American troop should get involved in or killed in the Ukraine over this and definitely not for the reason of borders. This mess should have been prevented but it was a lack of foresight on this president and maybe a couple of others that we're in this mess right now. Here's the problem I have. This is very this is a very unpopular and incompetent president. I can see him sending in troops to Ukraine because he's stupid. Never underestimate the ability of Joe Biden to F things up. It's not actually something I've said. It's that's what Barack Obama said when he was president. In a senile act in a, in an act of senile laced re- reasoning, he may send troops to Ukraine because he thinks it'll improve his poll numbers. Let's not forget Joe Biden doesn't care about our troops or American citizens. He's a globalist. he cares only about his popularity and his power and his legacy. He has proven this not only. In this presidency, this year-long presidency, he's proven this throughout his political career. And by the way, where was Joe Biden yesterday? What is he doing? Jen Psaki didn't seem to know either. Listen to her when she was asked, where's Joe Biden? Go
1: ahead. Oh, sure. Um, So the president has nothing on his schedule today aside from the PDB. Can you shed any light on, on how he's spending his day? Uh, well, let's see. Um, this morning, I think he had some policy meetings, uh, also a PDB meeting. Um, he, um, later this afternoon, uh, I think is doing some remarks review. Uh, there are some days that we spend some time uh, doing internal meetings and discussions uh, with policy experts, with policy leaders. Um, and that's, that's what's happening today. He would say he doesn't have nearly enough time of free time on his schedule because it is packed no matter whether people see him or not. Thursday. Is it a lot of time in this situation room? Or? There will be certainly some time where he'll be uh, meeting with and engaging with his national security team, I'm certain. Uh, we have an event tomorrow on uh, Build Back Better where there'll be a number of CEOs here, so that will be part of the day tomorrow as well.
0: Uh, 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 yeah, uh, all she needs to throw is a couple of likes in there to make her look like a total incompetent. Hey, here's a newsflash. She didn't know where he was either. Good news, the, the media pool knew exactly what he did. At 1.30 p.m., Biden left the White House under complete guard, right? Then he went shopping and he was looking at table coasters with pictures of German shepherds on them. And then he was shopping for jewelry that he thought his wife Jill would like, Dr. Jill. He bought some ice cream and went back to the White House at 228 and then at 3.07, they put a lid on the White House, which means there was no further contact. Yes, we should be concerned about Ukraine. Look at how concerned our president of the United States is. And you want him to state we sh- about how we should go to Ukraine and die for him? Okay, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I've got a ton of stuff there. We'll talk to you on Friday. Tomorrow I'm going to be working on my book. Have a great day. Talk to you on Friday. This is Gene. And Friday's going to be fun, by the way. No none of this politics stuff until the unless the world blows up or something. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.